I just realized last night when I did the podcast solo that I did not share the music. So I made comments after my uh, intro music. I was dancing to my intro music and nobody fucking heard it last night. So got to get the dust knocked off before you uh, you go live and do some crazy stuff. So anyway, I'm the Sober Heathen. My name is Scott. Uh, very happy to be here. Uh, two returning guests. Uh, both are, uh, it's, it's really cool because we both spent time together in treatment. Uh, Harbor Hall uh, did us a lot of good, I think, um, mm. except for that one tech guy. He's kind of a douchebag. But anyway, I'm canceled. Um, I've been trying to get canceled all morning. I've been playing Metallica when I shouldn't be playing you know, music that I don't have copyrights to. So let's see if I can't get myself canceled today, boys. How are you guys doing? Uh, we'll start with Justin. How are you doing this morning, man? Dude, I am super excited to be on here again and... You know, grateful that I'm alive another day in sobriety. Hell yeah, man. You bring some great energy, brother. Thank you for that. Morning, Ronald. Hey, good morning, Scott. How you doing, bud? Wonderful. Is any yeah, better? I think... If I was any better, my name would be Ron. <laughs> Can't be that good, man. <laughs> no, everything's going good here, man. Great to be on the show, man. Talk some recovery. Oh, yeah. So, uh, any any recent events for either one of you that you like to celebrate or uh, bring to the forefront or anything like that? Anything big going on in life or no? Same old, same old. Well, I got my year on November fifth, so that was that mm-hmm. happened since we talked last. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah, sitting on fourteen months now, and I get to uh, do custody for my daughter on the first of February. So I'll talk in front of the judge and uh, do my fighting thing for my daughter and show what I've been doing. You know, so I've been uh, just yeah. walking, man. Having a chance, you know that the a chance hope. Um, those are some huge things, and it sounds like you, you got some of that coming in the future, man. I'm I'm really happy for you, brother. Right on. Well, yeah, you, Justin, uh, awesome, dude. Isn't like, that fucking great? You know, I'm a dad in recovery too, and you know, they get they give you so much hope. I mean, the, it, the encouragement I get from them is, dude, you know, it's a, it's a boost to have them all the time. And and you know, recently my kids have moved back to Michigan too, so I get to be in their lives a little more and interact and co-parent with my awesome ex-wife who is willing to co-parent, you know, a little bit of distance apart, but we're still working at it for the greater good of the kids. Right on. That's really awesome, man. Because, you know, I can't, uh, although the marriage didn't work out for me and my ex, um, you know, she never buried me. She never looked to, to completely rip me out of their lives and, and completely put me away. Um, She's been pretty, pretty decent, as decent as somebody could be. Um, but also she's had some really good boundaries and she's done a great job for the boys. And I really appreciate everything that my ex-wife has done too. And, you know, after two years of uh, not being there for a birthday or Christmas, you know, I finally got to do that this year and got to do some really ridiculous gifts. Um, you know, some might say that, you know, you're trying to overcompensate for three years, which I might've done, but you know what? I, I've worked hard and I've earned the right to be able to do that for them. And they deserve to be, uh, to have a dad that can do that for them. So pretty cool stuff, guys. Pretty cool stuff to start. No, it's just nice to be able to do that stuff. You know, my youngest called for something and I, right as soon as I hung up the phone, I was able to just do it, you know, so it's no longer, well, 
well, let me fudge this or figure this out or feed my addiction first. It was, yeah, I got you, you know, and just do that thing. So, yeah, damn right. I'm not buying love, but I can do that today. Yeah. I used to spend that money in worse places, man. So, yeah, it definitely goes to the kids. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, I got 50 bucks. All right. Well, their birthday's coming up and give them each 20. That'll leave me 10. Mm, maybe I'll give them each 15. And then that way I'll have, I can make sure that I get that fifth, you know, and it, and it makes, it makes me sound so bad, but you know, I, I'm not bad. I was just doing bad. Right. Well, that's yeah, part of the inventory. Full on addiction. That's how it was. Yeah. Yeah. So get to now, you know, get to, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a goddamn privilege. That's for sure. Yeah. Damn right. Right on. So I've been doing a lot of talk lately uh, on X, especially. I don't know if either one of you guys are on X, but that place is the recovery community on X is ridiculous. And and it's both ridiculous in a super awesome way. And then you got this little sliver of douchebags that are ridiculous in a whole different way. So I've been, I've been having a lot of back and forth on there and I, I've been doing a lot of reading of different books and stuff. And so, like I was talking with Justin beforehand and Ron, I'm not sure how much you've been following the pro the show or whatever, or the social media content. You know, I've, I myself have kind of stepped away from the AA circles. Now, you know, Ron, and I'm pretty sure the last time we were in treatment together, I was doing big book studies, right? Mm -hmm. I had the big folder or whatever. And, you know, this is big book one and there's another one. So, and I'm only showing that not to show off. I'm showing that I dove into the big book. I put a lot of time into the big book, a lot of time into AA. I've been the guy at one point that's like, I think every single person on the planet at some point in their life should have to do a 12 step. And then, you know, um, everybody's lives will be better. I have since moved on from that, but I also know that AA is doing a lot for you. I know Justin enjoys AA and the teachings that it has quite a bit. Oh, and yeah. I totally respect everybody that is still elbows deep in the program. I just wanted to mention up front because if I don't, you know, my whole spiel with my podcast is authenticity. I have to be authentic. I have to be who I am. If I don't bring that up and say, you know, I'm skeptical of some of the things in AA right away, then the people that are listening, they're going to be like, well, you have these guys on here that are that are AA and you didn't even say anything like you normally do. And it's like, I'm not saying things to to go after people, man, I'm trying to have discussions because maybe I'm missing something. So I'm really looking forward to this. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. I'm going to shut up now because I'm rambling, um, but I'm going to give it over to you, Ron. <clears throat> and we wanted to talk about the four step and, and the inventory steps, right? So as John P. Duty would put it, the first three are give up. The next three are own up. The next three are make up. And then the final three are grow up, right? So we're going to be talking about the own up portion of the steps. So Ron, what you got, man? What's your thoughts on step four? How's it helped you? What do you like? What do you dislike? What's, what's well, step four? Step four is uh, bigger than just, uh, I guess, doing it. It's uh, doing an inventory of yourself, something I do on a daily basis, I guess. Um, it's I don't know. This whole program has been an inside job. I agree with you. I see. I practice the NA fellowship and I get something from every group that I attend over here in Midland. We have more than just NA programs here. Uh, we do a lot of meditation groups and there's some community action groups that I uh, get together and, um, a lot of it's motivational, you know, and it, I take a take, I don't know, it's inventory and how I'm thinking. 
and facing some of the, uh, you know how I think. I mean, addiction is disease thinking to its core, you know. Um, and it's facing the fears of the wrongs I've done. Um, facing, um, I don't know, uh, just how it's affected my relationships with others, you know, um, how I've affected my children. And it's, you know, some of the, some of the trauma that I've been through and how I've handled it, you know, it's affected me on how I handle things differently. Now I don't get worked up. Like I've been fighting for my daughter, but I inventory my emotions through this and know that this is the battle that I have to face. Um, eh just looking at my behaviors overall, you know, right now I'm having a problem because I put the drugs and alcohol behind. I'm inventorying my uh, sex life, you know, um, that's something that's another monster in itself, you know, if you feed that. So my addiction's coming out in different ways than just the chemical and inventory and making a fearless and searching fearless moral inventory of myself make sure that i'm doing things for the right reason say i am like helping somebody i'm making sure my motives are correct i ain't doing it to gain something out of it you know i'm just doing it purely for help it's like being a service in the na community you know i'm i'm doing this for me but i'm there to open it for the newcomer because i want to get something out of helping you know i'm trying to get something out of it for myself However, I'm trying to make sure my motives are for the newcomer coming in, that they get the help that they need and understand the program for what it is, you know. Um, so, yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, inventory is a very important and complex thing. I go out of the flat book here um, as far as NA goes, um, and it lists a bunch of questions to dig in deeper into your thoughts. Because I couldn't have thought of this stuff by myself. Um, let me get back to my page. I'll just rattle off something real quick. Um, you know, and it asks about your reservations, your procrastinations on working these steps. You know, um, am I afraid to work the step? A lot of people have fear of living some of the stuff they've done in the past. You know, and that's why the first three steps are so important for your foundation. So you have faith and you have this higher power that you can pray to when you're feeling the guilt, shame and remorse of things that you've done to either family members around you um, and pray on it, you know. Um, that's kind of, you know, where I'm at right now. Let me do some more thinking. I'll get back to you on a couple other things. No, that was great, man. I, I just wanted to ask you a question. When yeah. it comes when it comes to, you know, I, I know a lot of times people will point out in meetings, I've experienced it myself with the counselor at Arbor Hall. When you say something and your intent, my intent was to say just what I said, and they spun it on its head as if it was some coming from a selfish perspective. And I'll, I'll, I'll share what that was. We kind of went around the room about, you know, what we wanted to see ourselves doing in a year or something like that. And mine was, you know, I would love to come back to Harbor Hall and do an open talk. And I'd love to have Miley and my kids there to listen to the open talk. And, you know, that would just be a moment in time where I could say, wow. And the council looked at me and it wasn't John Duty. It was the other one. And uh, he's still a great guy, too. And he goes, that is the most selfish thing that I've ever heard you say. Oh, look at me. Look what I've done. I want, and I was like, well, fuck off, man. That's not what I meant. And so I spent a lot of time trying to dig into that and like, is that what I meant? And so I ended up in a place where I was like, yeah, I guess I'm selfish. I, I can't believe that I thought that way. But then 
now I've circled back and it's really stuck to me. And I hope to talk with Dean about this one day. It's really stuck with me. And it's like, dude, there was no ill intent. That was just, you know, something that I wanted to be able to do to, to say, you know, if I was able to do those things, that would mean that I put in a lot of work up until that point to where I was able to do that. Um, so you had said something about how do you know when it's selfish and how do you know when it's not? Oh, just I, sometimes it's a feeling, you know, do I have some guilt behind uh, the action? You but do you think know. do you think you just know when it's selfish? I mean, isn't that something inside where you like you start to do something and you get this feeling in your gut? It's like this is my motivation is not for them. Right? Well, you got to think I'm still learning what my morals are per se. You know, so a lot of this okay. stuff is is new. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. And it is a it is a feeling. If I got some kind of guilt that I'm not doing what's morally correct in my morals, then I'm going to feel that now. You know, instead of drinking away, I own that feeling. I sit in it and decipher what I actually think is right to do, you know, Um, and being selfless. You know, this is a selfish program to be selfless. You know, I got to help myself and that'll help others in the long run. So, I mean, really, it's yeah, I guess guess it's in that, you know, it's a selfish program to be to have selfless acts as I go through my recovery. Right. Well, thanks, man. Justin, you're over there, dude. You're just chopping a bit. You got all kinds of things to say. I hope you're keeping notes, bro. What you I got? Do, I, what, man, what you got? So the fourth step has been one of those things that I constantly do. I'm always coming back to I'm catching myself in these cycles of when I was in Harbor Hall, you know, I was told straight up, you care too much about all these other people. Get your nose out of everybody else's business. And, and okay, so this is circling around to lately, well, not lately, but a few months ago, I, I was called a bleeding deacon because I cared too much about somebody else's program, and I did see it, and I did apologize, and I had to do these things that we work our program to to better, you know, what my program is, and, and you know, it is a little bit of work, but sometimes to see that self to get rid of that self it's that ego and pride that you want to get rid of in that self not i want to get rid of myself i just want to be better than that ego self mm-hmm. yeah i think that I, yeah that's that's good stuff man and and i think what's really uh i think what's drawn me into my my perspective too because i i, I used to you know i used to flaunt my knowledge of the big book and the one-liners and the mottos and all those things and what's happened now in X and what's actually made a few people mad at me is I don't give a shit what other people are doing, like with their recovery. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a couple people in there that I follow quite intently that relapse all the time, all the time. But what I look at it now, instead of telling them, you know, well, you need to do a better inventory. You need to do this. You need to, you need to find God. You need to find a higher power. You call your sponsor more. Dude, you're here. Like these people are getting on here and saying, I fucked up again. And then a week later, I did it again. And to me, that is some strength in itself, right? Like at some point, you, somebody might say, well, you need to cut it off at some point. But that's not my, my responsibility to do because I don't know them. If I was sitting down there and they were in my group or they were my friend or family member, then, yeah, tough love might be warranted. But when it comes to like social media and stuff like that, I support you. There are people on X that are drinking NA beers all the time that are alcoholics. If that's what works for you and you're able to make that work and you're not 
going to that life that you started, you know, when you went into treatment or groups or AA, you were this person, right? And this person was not living the life that you wanted to live. If you are now the person you want to be and you're able to drink NA beer, who am I to judge you? This is your recovery. And as long as your life is happy, I'm going to shit. That's right. I know people who are in recovery that don't, you know, don't do the 12 steps. They strictly are in church and they're recovering through the church aspect, through the spiritual aspect only. And that's cool with me, too, because I really and just encourage you to, to find what it is you need to find to get out of that you know, death that that is going to kill you because it tried to kill me. And I had to forgive the guy that tried to kill me all those times. Sure. And that that's another thing in the, in the steps in the fourth step is that to forgive myself for all those things that I do and still can, you know, constantly do that. I'm catching myself for that. I'm, you know, working the steps on and getting rid of it, you know, for the, the middle of the steps is, cleaning my own house so I can show other people that it is possible to get rid of these things. You know, sometimes they come back up and that's why that analogy of the garden is so powerful in my life is as long as I'm constantly aware of my, my being and, and how I'm interacting with everybody else, that's the interconnectedness of everything. Then you know, I can be positive in that interconnectedness with everybody else that I'm not fighting or struggling or even even if I am struggling, I can reach out because there are so many, so many avenues in this recovery process. That there is not just one mainstream line way of, of AA anymore. There's the Red Road, there's NA, there's, wow, so many other ones that I can't even tell you that I'm just, I encourage you to find it because life is more precious than anything else out there. And if you give away your life to something that's going to kill you, I'd rather give my life to something that's going to build something and show my kids that they don't have to do what I did. They don't, they don't have to be missing pieces of their lives because of an addiction. And yes, addiction is it will be apparent and it will come up, you know, because we're all addicted to coffee, cigarettes. It doesn't matter what it is, but just be working on how you can be better for tomorrow is really what Harbor Hall beat into me is you can be better. These are the ways to do it. And they gave me every resource that I ever asked for. And that's why I'm, I follow the red road is because I have to be better than I used to be because I only know how to be a criminal. And, and lately I've been finding that spiritual person that, that can be better. And it is so awesome to be on this and to be with you guys to talk about the fourth and 10th step where I'm constantly working on myself. It's all interconnected. I, I just love how it's woven to not be, but when you really put it together, it's all relevant. Brian, what you got, Rob? No, I agree. Um, I was just kind of thinking about some fear-based decisions that I've uh, made, you know, out of fear of on how other people might act or how they would have uh, responded, you know. Um, and I've lived, I guess, a little bit of a life caring too much about other people and taking their inventory, you know, instead of looking at myself. And uh, what I like is the fact that I'm actually looking at myself 
You know what I mean? I mean, look at us trying to really better ourselves on a daily basis, doing them inventories of ourselves saying, Hey, you know, I am judging others or I am doing this for the wrong reason. You know, um, I would have never done any of this before I got into any program or fellowship. You know, the opposite of addiction is connection. You know, that's why you find your faith based, you know, whatever you have faith in, whatever group you guys you click with. I, I'm part of like three different groups and some Facebook stuff, you know, um, that's what keeps me going. Um, you know, it, it, that's another thing that I ask you here in the book. In what ways do I compulsively seek relationships? You know, I find myself being a service so I can focus on the NA program and not myself. You know, so uh, like today I started a uh, I have a step uh, talk group. I call it step talk. It's more of a step writing group, but it's just a step talk group that I run every Sunday at 11 a.m. Group of guys get very intimate. And right now we're just reading through the questions in step one, you know, seeing how different ways of uh, surrender and stuff like that, you know. And I find once a week I can go over my step one and find different areas that I'm powerless against, you know. And I do have faith today in a higher power. And it's just crazy how I have developed and getting into step four is basically just a big piece of this puzzle that uh, I'm dissecting really and putting back together. So um, that's what I've got right now. All right. Good stuff, dudes. Uh, we had a post in the comment. Um, see if this sounds like anything that we're trying to do. Uh, be impeccable with my word. Let me know if you guys know where this is coming from too. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Always do my best and be skeptical, but learn and listen. I'm not sure if the, I'm not sure on the fourth one, but the other ones are the agreements. And I think that's part of, don't quote me. I'll have to look it up. I feel like that's, uh, is that part of Dharma? Maybe, maybe CD, <laughs> maybe, maybe CD who commented that you can tell me. I, I'm wondering if that's part of Dharma or what it is, but he was asking if we're all from, this is a Michigan thing in reference to Harbor Hall. So yeah, this is kind of like a, this is like a, kind of like an alumni podcast that I'm having today. So, <clears throat> so okay. So uh, when, it, when we talk about morals, the definition of morals is concerned with the principles of right and wrong behavior and the goodness or badness of human character. So we're expected to explore these things. And we obviously know that doing this one time probably isn't going to be enough. So in, with your guys' thoughts, and sometimes people have to do it several times. I've had two sponsors that I've done it with. I've done it the steps twice in Harbor Hall, and there might have been another time in there. So I've done it at least four times, right? So And and I still need to work after that. So they didn't work the first time, the second time, the third time, or the fourth time for me. So I guess when people don't sit down and do these inventories and write them out and they recover, what do you think they're doing? How, how, how are they doing that? They're feeling it, man. They're living it. Um, this is a spiritual, I mean, anything in the steps is, I mean, whatever steps you work from whatever program, it's a spiritual based thing. Um, you're changing your belief system, some of your core beliefs, and that doesn't happen overnight. I don't know how long it'll take me to get through the steps. I just know that I'm going to work them and feel this shit. You know, I wanted to make sure that I had a belief in a higher power before I moved on to a different step. You know, I that took me a minute. Um, 
And I guess, you know, there's different things that like, I'm still living life. So I still create certain resentments as I go along, but I'm able to catch them sooner now and make amends for certain things that happen quicker. Um, but dealing with some of the past stuff is where that dirt's at, you know, that's why I wish like I could get some of these youngsters to kind of put, put it in their holster and stop, you know, they don't have so much stuff in their, in their gut that went wrong at 44. I am now trying to deal with all this shit. You know, I got 10 years, 12, 15 years of wreckage that I did after my divorce and everything that I'm trying to clean up, you know, clean my <laughs> side of the road. The younger you are and you just stop you ain't gotta you know do all i don't know it'd just be less cleaning to do i would sure. assume uh, um so uh, yeah so i, I guess yeah. like I, maybe i didn't phrase that right so i'll go to you justin then give ron a chance to to um come back to it what about the, the people that are, are that are in long-term recovery that have never done this step i guess is kind of what i was asking what how uh, do you think how do you think what are they doing and you know, maybe maybe the answer is they're doing it. They just don't realize it. But they're I, doing I, it. They just don't realize it. Like okay. I have few friends that, like I said, that are in the church really heavily, and and they don't realize that I have a recovery Bible that worked through the steps with the Christian mm-hmm. faith, with the the Holy Bible, and and they do it. You, you don't realize it, but they do it. And, and he he chooses not to recognize it, but we have a lot of recovery talk together. Like we talk about life and, and then it turns into the recovery aspect and then it talks about life again. And, and I think he, he really relies on that, that spiritual faith aspect to, to guide him. And, and it really encouraged me to, to find that, that more spiritual boost, the, the, the other family, there's another, you know, there are other roads and, there isn't just one path to to recovery. Like I said, you they, they do it with faith, and, and and I'm grateful for it. And I'm grateful to walk with them and to help them too, because sometimes they forget, like I forget, like I forget that I have to work these in a circle. Like it, it's not, it's it's a journey. It's not a race. I I can do the steps, but I got to start back over at number one. And that's in the big book, the Red Road, NA book. That's in all of them that says we need to continuously work at these things. So when you catch it, you need to write it down. And and I and I say these things because I, I do the inventory nightly. And, I, and when I'm wrong, I do admit it. And sometimes I'm misguided. So if, if I'm coming off like I think I know it all, I don't, I don't know, I don't, because I have a mental illness that, it's not an illness, I, I have schizophrenia that I deal with, with medication, and some people can say, I'm not a sober person, but I call BS, I haven't picked up, and I haven't abused anything in over a year, I'm at 21 months, and finding the spiritual, and working these things consistently, concisely, because of what I was taught in rehab, I so grateful for being able to do the first eight steps yeah in a hardcore fashion and then be able to come out here in the real world and dude it's not as it's not like it was in harbor hall that was hardcore to do step one in front of a bunch of people but it really brought me to be a stronger person in the program 
I don't want to be a bleeding deacon, but I do want to say that we recover together, and I'm here for everybody in any way I can be. Well, showing empathy is not necessarily a bleeding deacon, but I can see how it could be taken too far. And anybody that has told you that because you're taking certain kind of medications for schizophrenia that you're not sober, I would I would love to see this person in, in, in the real world and beat their ass because that is so fucking dangerous, dude. Look, look, this is what gets me fired up, okay? And I know that you didn't mean anything by what you mentioned. This is not, this has nothing to do with Justin. This has to do with Scott's inner demons and, and Scott's, oh, maybe Scott's ego. <clears throat> but for... You know, some of the things you hear on social media, you will hear these things. You'll hear things like that. And these, you know, coffee-making psychiatrists thinking that they can tell you that you shouldn't be taking certain things or doing certain things um, for your own well-being is extremely dangerous in my part, my, my opinion, right? Like, I've been called dangerous because I tell people to recover however they need to recover as long as it's working. I've been told that's dangerous because I'm not. I'm not towing the line of AA. <clears throat> What's dangerous is telling people or giving people any kind of shit whatsoever. Like the people that are, there are people that have to take the box and, and, and do it. You can have your opinion on that. But I know a guy that from work that has been on subs and he finally got off. And he's super happy to do it, but he said he never would have been able to get to where he is without that gradual help. Not for me to decide. It's his recovery, and I support him. And now, now he's in recovery. Now he's never felt better, right? He's not long term, whatever that means, but he's in recovery and he's feeling pretty good, right? So I'm sorry. I just it gets a fire lit in my belly, dude. When people start telling people that stuff, especially people that are sitting that have no education or background in that, they're just talking off, you know, and what they, they don't were told. Know how to deal with it? Either. Yeah, they, they just make assumptions and they're judging. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm I'm guilty of that, too. So I have to, you know, just let it go, man. I'm a duck. Let that roll off my back. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. What you got, Rob? Well, I was thinking about that a little bit. And it is about living a better life. I know I worked with a lady. She was scared to come off methadone. She's probably still doing it, but she's very successful in her life. Um, you know, if you're going to abuse, you're going to abuse no matter what the medicine is. Um, there's things in our literature for NA that I had to look through, but it was a, this is all a personal experience, right? It's what I feel comfortable doing. Um, I'm not abusing, but I have to take my bipolar medicine, you know, mm -hmm. that's not for me to go over with anybody. Nobody's a doctor. And see, if I, if I'm an addict and I'm faster, smarter, and stronger, I'm going to not just assume, but think that other people are like me that think the same way. You know, um, I'm not alone in this and everybody's either fighting their ego or pride and oh, there's only one way to recover. But the reason I do this, I did my research on what made sense for me and in how it was said to me. You can go into meetings and how people say things will detour a person from the program. Um, I'm kind of in that mode right now i'm kind of like in the middle of two groups because you have one with you know they got very great community but not very big structure in their program but then you have so much structure to where they want perfection it's not progress there's no middle ground um and i it's kind of like bridging the gap in there you know there you shouldn't hate on anybody for however they're bettering themselves and i am one i can only share what my experience my hope you know so that's for me and what worked for me you take what you can leave the rest 
You know, my sponsor says, you, you don't know what you could use. Take it all. That's what he says. You know, you don't know what you could use. Take all your information. You know, um, I baptized my kids as Catholic and I don't even I'm not a Catholic and I don't even have beliefs towards the Catholics. You know, I did something that wasn't morally correct for myself when I was getting married because it was OK for her and her family's practice. And I just wanted to keep the peace and it didn't matter to me. Well, I come to find out it does matter to me. I have a resentment because of it. Yeah, but I didn't think about that until what now? You know what I mean? And it's because of the program and the things that I had to ask myself and the literature that asked me, you know, so it's just, you know, and as far as people not working the steps or um, how they are doing it, it's their own personal experience. I don't think about what people do when they get at home. And I've actually had to have a conversation with the lady about that. She was like, well, they could be on weed maintenance. Okay. Why are you thinking about what they're doing at home? Okay, if they're going to abuse, they're going to abuse no matter what it is that's there. And who am I to save them from the suffering they need? You know what I mean? I had nobody. I had to go through my suffering. I had to go through my homelessness to be and have the fight and the drive through desperation. Do we seek help from others in that desperation? So I've been trying to keep that desperation and work in the steps and progress, not perfection. Eventually, I'll be able to quit cigarettes through these steps, I think, for yeah. me. You know, so I'm, you know, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of, you know, that kind of gets a fire under me when people start telling you what medications to do what with and how you take care of your mental health. Nobody's a doctor. We all suffer from the same illness. We all think we're right, you know? So it's, and and it's so different. Like, um, you know, um, I bought, my anxiety has been terrible since I got sober. Like after the first year, like I really started to notice it because I can really start to understand my body now. Mm-hmm. And so Miley and I went to the pot shop right down the road and we bought some, the guy's like, bro, only eat half of these if you don't normally smoke, <laughs> okay? And I was like, all right. So I ate half of one just to see and, and I felt nothing. So it was like two weeks later and I'm like, I don't really want to do this. Plus I'm a recovery coach, so I got to watch what I do. And watch what I say, but you know what? If if I got in trouble for being honest, then I guess then I, that's not a place I want to work anyway. But a couple of weeks later, I, I ate a whole one, right? And I was thinking, and I know this might sound weird, but I was thinking in colors. Like, everything was so vibrant in my mind. And, you know, um, like, my thoughts were just, I, I never want to do it again. The bag has been sitting on the counter since I took it that time, and it couldn't get out of my system quick enough. I just wanted to sleep and sleep it off. So the, the, the effects of that are not appealing to me. Alcohol is what appealing to me. So I've had guys come into the office that are hooked on cocaine that just got out of treatment for cocaine. And that's what they're looking to beat. And the one guy came in and said, I was like, dude, I'm not stopping drinking. Just so you know, I'm like, okay, well, just so you know, I, okay. That's not my feelings on it. I, I don't know what's going to work for this person. This person very well might be able to go out and have some beers with the right people. Um, but I, I can speculate all freaking day long. So if cocaine is what's ruining your life, let's address that. And then you make the decisions on everything else. Right. I think that's how I, how I want to look at it. And then uh, CD on here, he's got some really good comments over here. And I think Lindsay and I are going to fight about trying to get him on, on another podcast, but this is what he commented. He said, I tell people this, some cancer needs chemo and radiation. Some cancer needs surgery. 
After some needs intensive therapy, some outpatient, and then some just disappears. It's all different strokes, right? So this addiction that we face is different for everybody, right? So you could have, for every similarity that we have, there's going to be that many differences, no matter how we try to look at it. I, I don't care what anybody says. When you have people that start saying, this is what you need to do. This is the program that works for everybody. Okay. That's, it's still going to be different, right? So you put the three of us into Harbor Hall. Okay. And we all had an addiction to a substance similar, right? Ron was alcohol. I was alcohol. Justin, alcohol. alcohol. Okay. So similar, right? But then, but then you got all these other dynamics that start to play into the environment that changes all of that. So it is impossible to do everything the same way, right? That's why there is no concise way. When you talk to somebody that's, um, I call them gatekeepers, which is kind of a negative term that I probably shouldn't use. But they, they come in here and they start saying, just do it this way. Just do it this way. And this is all you need to do. But even in treatment. Yeah, you know, I like, call them Nazis. Okay. Yeah. So they, um, let's say we don't modalities treatments when they fail to eradicate the cancer right right so uh adam said you know we don't we don't uh blame these treatments uh when they fail to eradicate the cancer either right so if i go in and get cancer treatment and it doesn't work do we blame the treatment do we blame the doctor no it just didn't work right we accept that it just didn't work and we need to take that into to everything and in, in the treatment so if i go in and i honestly work the steps i feel i did and to have somebody tell me that I didn't because it didn't work for me, that's that that's a, there's 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 a that's coming from a place of superiority, don't you think? And so Yeah, especially when there's four or five different ways to work the steps. Sure. And and again, this isn't a hate on it. the steps, dude, the foundation that working the steps and going to AA meetings, those AA meetings and that treatment, um you know, those were so big to me. But what I found now looking back and reviewing things and kind of with the research and, and, and talking that I've done, it wasn't the AA that was doing it for me. It was you guys. It was that connection that was creating that stronger power inside of me. It was the talking. It was the um, it was basically the group therapy, man, is what was doing it for me. You know what I mean? And that, that's what I needed. I And I didn't have, you know, um, up until Miley, you know, I really didn't have anybody to talk to, but I learned how to open up and talk to a bunch of people in treatment. And that's what really saved my life. It really was, it wasn't really that, you know, I, I sat there and beat myself up for the first 60 days that I was there. And then the next hundred out of the almost 200 days I was there the second time thinking that I was going to fail because I couldn't find a higher power. <laughs> you know what I mean? And well, I've dropped all that and now I'm doing great. Go ahead. I'm just reading the comments. Oh, oh, I was just thinking about like, there's so many different powers greater than myself, you know, um, it doesn't, it's crazy. Like this right here is a power greater than myself. You, him, us talking, this program that we're running, um, Man, I, I kind of got fired up when you said that, it, like, you, you did the steps where they didn't work. See, the steps is an ongoing process. It doesn't, you know, it's not a it worked or it didn't work. Um, it depends on how you work your program and your steps. And it's a, like we said before, I, 
you go back to step one and it could change six months from now on a different aspect or different perspective. That's why I like my step talk group. There's perspectives I get from how they look at things that kind of changes what, I don't know. It just brings a very good viewpoint. I go to all these meetings, but we don't sit there and really talk about the steps itself in as far yeah. as working them or how other people work them. So it's kind of neat to be able to create an atmosphere for that. Just so a, you can, Yeah, you could make the argument that you work in the steps and no matter what you're doing. And maybe I shouldn't have said steps. Maybe I meant the going to a groups doesn't do anything for me. Maybe that was a more accurate thing to say. And and what I what if, it really does. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I misspoke too. Like you don't when I was talking about the scan the cancer, it's not you don't blame the treatment. You don't you don't blame the people. You don't blame the doctor for the treatment not working. You don't blame the people. So I just want to clarify that too. So people are people. We're all imperfect. So I just I realized that I'm perfectly imperfect and I'm cool with how everybody is gonna be because I can't control people, places, or situations in mm-hmm. any aspects. I just have to roll with it. And man, sometimes I am powerless and I forget about going back to step one, especially with schizophrenia. I I have to admit that I have to have my higher power with me when this happens because reality gets skewed and I have to rely on him and other people to bring me back into a state of it's okay and I'm the problem. I know that... The difference between the fake and reality because of what I've been taught through this program and through the other spiritual aspects of the journey of recovery, because it is a journey. There are so many people out there who want to recover and who who work at this thing on a daily basis that we just, you know, love everybody. Don't judge because methadone, weed treatment doesn't matter to me. It it matters that we're here together talking about how we can do this together. And it's evolving. It always, if if you're always looking for the best thing, it's going to evolve. You want the best steak, it's going to be bigger, better, and beyond so the best thing is to just let it evolve and and to listen and learn from other people that's the greatest thing that i've picked up from this program is the fellowship and listening and learning because i i am my biggest problem for sure yeah well i look i like what my sponsor says he says well that's not going to be fatal you know we like coffee it's It'll be fatal eventually, but I drink way too much, you know, too much caffeine in the morning. So that's kind of been my hitch in the morning. Um, Man, there was something else. Oh, I had it. I have to come back to that. I lost it, man. He, my sponsor's so wise that he has just these things. And you are as sick as, sick as your secrets. That's why I kind of um, try to talk about everything. Um, I'll come back after I think about this. Hold on. I have to think about what he said. And that's why I speak out about my mental. It's not a disability. It's not really an illness. It's there. I believe that I did this to myself because of drugs and because of alcohol. I did so much so hard for so long that it, it messed up the wiring in my brain so hardcore that I don't know if I'll ever be able to come back, but that's why I'm discovering. That's why I say I'm a person in discovery. I'm always finding different ways to deal, to cope, to to different therapies, meditation, prayer, doing podcasts with you guys, reaching out always that phone, that phone, you know, working out with it. 
it's it is easy, but you know, it's a mental thing. I I think that it's my problem. It is my problem that you know that it that rational thinking or that you know if I could do better, you know, that can get to me too. And I I gotta just stay away from that. You know, if it and yet yet yet. Don't yeah, let well, my, my disease, my disease wants to isolate me, you know, and yeah. I can tell when it's lying to me, you know, it wants me dead. It tells me, you know, here and there, when I get depressed, you're better off dead. That sucks. That is disease thinking. And that's where inventorying why that thought comes across or why I allow people to make me feel that way. Cause it's so important. Um, yeah, that whole, uh, isolation oh that's what i was gonna say is he was talked about complicating your recovery and he's never said you know this is the only way to do it it's well that could complicate your recovery it's, as far as having a relationship your first year you know that could complicate your recovery you know um you also it so having abstinence from everything and focusing solely on yourself and trying to dig deep without the outside uh, influences is actually very important. You know, it takes a couple of years, man. From what I understand, this county will watch you for two years, three years before they, they kind of gain on where you're at in your recovery. You know, see if I mean how many maybe you relapse, watch your 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 how you progressed in your recovery and stuff. So. Um, I have no idea how long this is going to take, but it's, this is a lifelong thing, man. And I'm fighting every day for it. So yeah, I'm on step four right now. So I'm kind of pumped about digging deeper into myself. That's what I got right now. All right. So, so we got step four, you know, uh, you know, take that uh, deep dive inventory, right. And then you do 10, which is uh, the uh, step four light that you're supposed to do every day. So what, yeah. What's your thoughts on step five? Admit it to God, to yourself, and another human being, the exact nature of your wrongs. Uh, another human being. Is that to you guys? Uh, I, I think a question that I get asked a lot is, you know, who is that other person? Does it have so, to be one other person? Can it be many other people? What's your guys' thoughts on that? So... As a Harbor Hall alumni, I got to say that doing it the their way was, you know, stepping up and doing it with Spirit Dan. And that man scared the shit out of me. I, I literally cried for, for the first minute before we even started because I was you know, ashamed to sit there in front of this dude that he's he knows exactly where he wants to be, where he's going to be going. And he... He, somebody that I would really want want to be one day, sort of. Um, but doing it with other people, you got to trust them. It, it's, it's. I've done them with my sponsees. You know, I've sh flat out shown them this is what I did, and these are my character defects, and some of them still crop up, and this is how I work at it. You know, I have to show my experience through these things because, you know, I, I haven't done it just once. I consistently do it and with my sponsor or with other people because I need to be constantly working on it. Like, and it loses power if you work on it. So you're not so ashamed. You're, you, you build a confidence over these things that you're admitting that you're deep, they're, they're, defective to your character that are 
breaking the, your moral fibers that when you talk to other people about it, multiple people, a church person or your sponsor, it helps you build your moral fiber back so you can become stronger and let it go. Give it to that higher power. And, you know, step five can be done so many ways, too. In a sweat lodge, you know, out with other people in a church. And just prayer with yourself. You can do that on a daily basis. So I'm sorry. I know everything. Dude, you're good, man. You're just talking, brother. Yeah. No, it's uh, very valid. As far as I admit my stuff all the time, sometimes I feel like I talk too much about it. I am not afraid to tell you my wrongs because I'm hoping that my wrongs will help you make some rights, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I do. I, I'm very uh, open and honest about my story. And sharing that, it cleans my soul. A little bit you know to get it out is better out than in um and to put it to bring it to light it, get, it loses its power you know so um i i it's big on forgiving myself and actually listening to somebody else share their similar story or something they might have done worse helps you also and i'm and that's something that says in our literature i am you know i'm i'm grateful that I know I have a disease, not this moral deficiency, you know, it's taken me a long time to quite realize that, you know, and actually accept that this is a disease and for what it's worth, I have to admit my wrongs so I don't do them again and talk to others about that and who I trust. And uh, I seem to trust everybody with my story, man. I, I'm going to speak on this one day once I uh, get my stuff together and everybody will know everything about this guy. Yeah, I don't like talking in front of people. I, I like to keep to myself. I I haven't put my stuff out there on the interwebs for everybody to see. <laughs> I, so I, I have to do it, though, dude. I have to do it. If I don't do this, if I don't talk about it every single day, then then I'm in trouble. When I when I disappear off social media, that means I'm sideways. Go ahead. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. didn't mean to cut you off, Justin. Oh, no, dude. I, I think of it as it's a dis-ease. Sometimes, you know... Yeah. When I was in my full-on addiction, I didn't like my knee suit. I was always at dis-ease. Now that I'm dealing with that dis-ease, I can finally be okay with my meat suit and, and work with others. Like you said, that to, to listen and learn and to be moldable, you know, forever being learnable, it, you know, just just to be there for other people to say, you know, I did that. Maybe you try something different. Yeah. Well, that's another thing, too, is it's kind of like when you take your medicine, you're doing you're, you're doing good. You think, oh, I don't really need it. It's the same thing with meetings. Oh, well, I'm, I'm doing good. I don't really need to go concentrate on my step work today. I'm feeling great. No, just you still have to do all that on a daily basis. You know, this is my medicine. This is my medicine to my disease. So, you know, um, I got to stay vigilant to that. Remember what it was like when I didn't have anything and be grateful for what I do have. You know, sometimes I find myself at work uh, complaining now, but I remember when I was dying to have that job, you know, so I got to remain grateful. Yeah, gratitude is everything, right? I find myself doing the same thing, you know, Um, things at home will irritate me um, from time to time. But, uh, you know, a year ago today, I was sitting in Bay County Jail, uh, 
serving a couple months for an OWI that happened over two years prior to that. So talk about some resentments, you know, you, you fuckers put me in here two, over two years later after all this work I've done. And, um, but yeah, to, to remain grateful, I think that can be done in any stroke of recovery and any program or whatever you want to call it. Gratitude is key. Um, and then I know they say acceptance is key, but I think there's a line to that because if we sit there and accept everything, then how are we ever going to change anything or get anything that we want? Like if I just accept that I didn't get this job and I move on to something else, you know, maybe, maybe I can do something else. You know, if this person is being a giant dick, well, they're just a giant dick. Okay. Well, I, I accept that and I can move on. There's things that we can just accept, but like, um, I'll give an example. There's a, there's a guy that just is up, was up my ass and up a lot of people's ass actually on X, you know what I mean? And he had something to say. And a lot of people kept telling me just, you know, that's just who it is. Let it go, let it go, accept it. And I didn't, I held my ground because I feel like the things that he was saying were making it rough on other people to come in and be honest and open on X. And he ended up blocking me, but I feel like, by letting other people see that those those bullies, those gatekeepers that we talked about earlier, um, they don't rule the roost. I think that that opens the door for other people. Not that I'm saying that I'm I'm something. I'm just I'm, acceptance is good, okay. Good. But we, we can't just roll over and take it either, right? We deserve to have a good life. Yes, we've done bad things, we made bad choices, but no, we're not bad people. And to 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 overshoot it and then roll over and say, okay, well, I have to take this because I did all. I did X, Y, Z. That's, I, I don't think that's a healthy way to look at it. I think we need to look at it as we are just as deserving as anybody, whether we're one week in or not. We don't need to expect anything and we don't need to demand anything, but we are worthy of every single thing that we can get whenever we can get it. And to to, to think otherwise is kind of silly in my, my, my opinion. Well, I'll tell you a story that happened just, actually just the other day. I ended up walking, uh, had to walk home from work, man, in that storm two days ago. I just, uh, circumstantial is all that happened, you know. And on that walk, though, it, the thought that came to my head was something that I used to walk to work over in Mount Pleasant, about four-mile walk daily. And I used to tell myself I deserved to do that walk because of all the bad I've done or not. I don't know. I keep saying all the bad I've done. I just made bad choices, drinking and driving, putting people in danger, stuff like that, that I consider bad now, you know? Um, but I, I was, I thought that the other day again, I was like, man, I deserve to be suffering right now. You know, I let my daughters down and I, I did, you know, I, I'm not fighting hard enough to get my license back and just this pity party. And I caught myself when I got home, and I inventoried my thinking and thank God I'm to a point where I can do that. And I was like, what the fuck was that? You know, I mean, I, I don't deserve that stuff. I am tough enough to handle it and grin it. And actually it was kind of meditating walking home. Overall, I did a lot of thinking. It wasn't that miserable. My feet were wet, but I was manageable. You know, your body can handle a lot of pain without seeking stuff to get outside yourself, you know. So, I don't know. I've been not uh, it, – it's just crazy how my brain told me that I deserve to do that walk. I am damn worthy. I know my worth. I have a lot to fucking 
give, you know, and that's just me today. So um, then thoughts would creep in and I had a little bit of depression over the holidays and I isolated myself on Christmas. And that's all stuff that, again, I'm inventory and saying, why did I do that? You know, I could have reached out on Christmas and not had this alone Christmas, but because I didn't have this one thing that I wanted, well, then piss on everything else, apparently, you know, mm -hmm. so. It's a daily work, man. I'm still working on that stuff, but thank God I can. I am grateful for that. Yeah, good stuff. Justin, any final thoughts on that? That was that was really good. I think that's a good one. No, it's, to... it's that daily grind that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful to get up and, and do what I've been taught from the get-go. If my shoes are underneath that bed, I have a reason to say them prayers, and, and I get to do these things with that higher power instead of turning my back on them because – I am worthy. And yes, sometimes my head, it, that it gets to me and I got to squash it. That them are delusions that are not meant for me. It, that's that, that, that negative side trying to pull you back into that despair. And I will not. That's one thing that I will not do is I will not accept less than what has been given to me. If I am just throwing it away for no reason, then I am doing something wrong. I'm, I, I've been trained with the first 164, the Red Road, that there are many ways to get out of my own way to, to work at it because I can't sometimes. And I know where you're coming from when, when the it is saying to you, you can get rid of it if you use. And that's where the if comes in for me. If I do this, I can make my head go away. That's not the right answer. If and in. Got to get out of my vocabulary because I want to work this program to be better. There is no other way than, than, than to go forward because if I go back, there might not be another comeback. I've only done the full-on recovery thing this time. I've done like lots of other drug and alcohol classes for the courts before, and I never wanted to get sober then, but now I'd like – Truly living this solution is so much better than all ever living in that criminal life that I had before. I love the solution. I love living it. And I encourage anybody to find that way, find that path, whatever way it is, Red Road, NA, there are all sorts of them out there. Just please find it. We encourage you. We're here for you. And it's a we thing, not a me thing. If I can take me, flip it over it gets better in a circle. I love you guys. Keep rocking it, Scott. Oh, yeah, man. Great stuff, fellas. I think that um, there's some freedom to be had out there for anybody that might be listening that, that is searching. Um, and it doesn't come in a day. It, it doesn't necessarily um, come in a week or a year. It's hard to tell. But like I said, a year ago, I didn't have a job. I was sitting in a jail cell. Um, I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't have my kids in my life. <laughs> I had one person to call while I was in jail, and, and uh, you know, that's more than some people have, right? And so a year later, you know, I'm over a year um, into my recovery. Um, I I have I work as a recovery coach. Um, I was able to spoil my children for the birthday Christmas, you know, um, but there's more than that to the freedom. There's freedom in not having to lie and hide everything. That's the biggest freedom and reward that you're going to get that the weight of carrying of, I know for me, hiding the bottles and getting the bottles and creating the stories and faking being sick 
because I'm not really sick. I'm just drunk. Um, there's some serious freedom to be had. And however you can obtain that freedom, whether it be the program of AANA, uh, Dharma, whatever, just take a little piece of whatever you, you need and, and just keep talking. Um, uh, gossip rumor innuendo said, when you share your truth, it makes it easier for other folks to share theirs. So that's a great point. You know, uh, she also said, uh, the most gangster thing I do is live life on life's terms. Well, that's, that's good stuff. You know, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of good things out there. And I think that, I think you guys sharing what you're sharing, you know, um, I, I wanted to have you guys on um, to hear a little bit from the Red Road. I wanted to hear more from somebody that's right uh, elbows deep in the steps and, and about to walk out to go to a meeting to to do more step work. I wanted to hear that. I want to hear these things. So somebody out there might need that. And just because that's not what I'm doing right now, they might need to be doing that right now because I think I needed to do it to learn and to get the wisdom to where I can be where I'm at today. So Thank you both for sharing, man. It's always good to see you fuckers. Um, you know, uh, they, the Harbor Hall thing, you know, fuck the disease, fuck it, you know, uh, breakfast time. <laughs> so it was, it was a good mini reunion here. Uh, I did share the link into the, um, uh, Lindsay says, great job, guys. Have a great Sunday. I did share the link into the Harbor Hall uh, alumni thing. So if you guys want to go in there and find it and comment on it, on it and share it to your own things, I will send you a link to my channel when it's all up and done and you guys can do with that what you wish. All right. All right. All right Thanks, Ron. Well, thank you. Yeah, man, this is fun. Um, walk safe today, Ron. Enjoy your meeting, Justin. I'm sure I'll talk to you again today. Uh, yep. Love you fuckers. I'm proud of you. Whether it, if that means anything, you guys are killing it. Okay. Love you love too, you, man. Scott. Keep on keeping on. All right. That's Have right, a great day. Man. Bye everybody. Hey, everybody Bye. listening. Thank you for listening. Um, uh, I uh, really appreciate the comments when the comments are going off left and right in, in there and we get to have a conversation, not just with the people on here, but you folks. Uh, God dang, it feels fucking good. So thanks again. Love you all. Bye bye.